The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Wednesday, February the 2nd. And we have yet another emergency podcast because an NFL head coach has been hired. Sort of. Technically, we have a Josh McDaniels uh, potential situation on our hands. Uh, Joined here to break down the Kevin O'Connell hiring by the Vikings. The one, the only Debo with Reggie White in the background. Alan Iverson. Isn't that Al- Iverson? Did we determine that? Is that right? Is it Iverson? Alan Iverson. I can't see the number. Who's 98? Oh, no, it's Jordan. That's right. It's Jordan in, it's Jordan in Utah. Jordan Jazz. Yeah. I just always uh, with- finals hat, and I keep thinking you would be wearing Iverson. But Right. You would, you would think. Uh, question for you. Month yes. of January just ended. How many, you know, compiling the stats. Great month for pick six. How many emergency podcasts do you think we did in the month of January? Just emergency or live podcast? Emergencies. We threw the siren on it. That qualifies as an emergency. Uh, 12. 13 times. Oh, pretty good. We went up. We did this. And this is already the second one of February after Tom Brady yesterday. This is our second second Tom Brady. We had one January, one uh, February Tom Brady as well. Yeah. I mean, I uh, look, we're going to have a few more. Presumably, we will be recording we podcast. Will. We won't be live from the Super Bowl set, right? For the podcast, not for the podcast version, but you will be live on CBS Sports HQ. That's right. Every day at four PM Eastern, it'll be one PM local time for you out in Los Angeles. Uh, that makes more sense now. Oh, right. I was like, why are we going at one PM Monday through Friday? These guys get their own hour, and we will have additional podcasts as well. That's right. So if you are a Pick six podcast listener, and we'll mention it uh, leading up to it. Uh, we will be live on CBS Sports HQ. You guys, uh, Pick Six podcast listeners, always do a great job of showing up and showing out when we're doing these live shows. We will have an hour from 4 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. So make sure and set your reminder or set your calendar or whatever you want to do. It'll be 1 p.m. our time. We'll be breaking down all the latest news and notes. Be plenty of stuff to talk about. Presumably, we'll have guests, uh, but the way that Radio Row has changed since COVID, TBD. Uh, happy to be back at the Super Bowl for the first time in uh, yeah. In uh, Car in, Brothers, in, I think are stopping by. I think that's who the only the Car Brothers. Oh, oh, oh! oh. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, these are the Harballs. Um, not the Harballs, but good segue. Yeah. So Jim Harbaugh not leaving Michigan for the Minnesota Vikings. He interviewed with Minnesota. It was believed and reported by 247 Sports. Oh, no, excuse me, by uh, Three Up. On three. On three. On three.com. Not 247 Sports. I apologize. Not. 247 not. did not report that Harbaugh was leaving. On three.com reported Harbaugh was going to take the Minnesota Vikings job, had told people goodbye and thank you and all this. And he ends up. With not- today being National Signing Day, of course. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like the idea that Harbaugh, and, and for the record, they hired Kevin O'Connell. Uh, it was, it was bizarre. The idea that Harbaugh would leave Michigan on national signing day 
to interview with the Minnesota Vikings. When somebody does that as a college coach, you tend to think he's gone. Like that's sort of the trump card is like, all right. I mean, and I get that you don't technically have to be present on National Signing Day. A lot of it is for these coaches, you know, like most of it is administrative, I think. And then for the coaches, it's interviewing and and talking to the media about your great recruiting class and all that. I mean, there's not. And it's, especially since they instituted the early signing day, which kind yeah. of takes is, is top dog at this point over the February date. Right. Um, so Harbaugh and as uh, the lemon meteor asking chat, we're about to get to that Harbaugh. Did not actually. We're on YouTube. YouTube dot com slash pick six. You can uh, hit subscribe, hit the bang the alert button, and you can see the Lemon Meteor's uh, comment below. If you're watching, you get alerts when we go live. Um, the Harbaugh apparently, according to Tom Pelissero of, of NFL Media, never got an offer from the Vikings, which is pretty insane considering that again the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines who had floated rumors that he was ready to come back to the NFL, who was, you know, connected to the Raiders job, connected tangentially to the, the Dolphins job, but Stephen Ross, the owner, who's now being sued by Brian Flores, or at least the Dolphins are, said that um, he would not be the guy to take him out of Michigan, and then also connected to the Vikings job. It was believed that Harbaugh, if he got an offer, you know, he was going to take the Vikings job. So... Without, you know, full due respect to Kevin O'Connell, not to talk about Harbaugh, but I mean, like, I think that's the kind of the more interesting aspect of it, right, Debo? That's where it's interesting. If you're a Vikings fan, I think there's this building belief throughout last night and this morning that you're going to have this. We could definitely call him a splash hire with Jim Harbaugh, yeah. the, the biggest name to potentially hit the market in years. And he's coming to Minnesota, a team that perennially has underachieved for the past few seasons. No reason that that team should have finished eight and nine this year and not made the playoffs. You think you're landing this guy that just, you know, got Michigan to the college football playoff and the NFL is a whole different story, but made three straight conference championship games. I don't want yeah, to say they settling. They went 13 and three in his first year. 44 and 19 in, in four seasons with the 49ers, 61 and 24 at Michigan. This guy is a good coach. So I don't want to say Kevin O'Connell is settling, but Vikings fans have to feel at least a little bit that way right now. But then why didn't the Vikings offer him the job? Yeah, I'm talking from the perspective of the fans. Obviously, new GM, yeah. Quezia Dofu Mensal. But who worked, who worked with Harbaugh in, uh, in San Francisco. Yep. And I'm glancing over. It's because NC State's playing Syracuse. I don't know why I bothered to look at this crap. It's uh, NC State playing Syracuse. Um, yeah, he worked with the GM in San Francisco, so they know each other. Let me ask you this. Do you give any credence to the insane rumor that is out there in NFL circles that the whole Vikings interview process with Jim Harbaugh was nothing more I don't know if it's a smoke screen or uh, somebody called it the best, the best phrase. It was laundering money. They were laundering the dolphins were laundering Jim Harbaugh through the Vikings. So that way with Jim Harbaugh having interest in the Vikings, Stephen Ross could say, I told you I wouldn't be the guy to take him out of Michigan, but somebody else tried to now I'm going to do it. And then right as this is all unfolding, Brian Flores, Sue, Stephen Ross, the dolphins haven't interviewed anyone, by the way, I don't think. Like, I mean, have they talked to anybody about this head coaching job? I, I think I saw today Mike McDaniel, right? 
Oh, that's right. McDaniel's. Oh, yeah, that's right. McDaniel and somebody else is a finalist. That's right. They've interviewed McDaniel twice. Don't do that, McDaniel. Um, and so now you can't hire Harbaugh or Harbaugh doesn't want to come down there because who knows what's going to happen to this team. Like Stephen Ross might, you know, if, he's not going to take that job if he thinks they're going to lose multiple first round picks. Stephen Ross is going to be forced to sell, et cetera, et cetera. It's you go back to Michigan where you've built a pretty good spot. So, I mean, like, do you give any credence to that whatsoever? I'll give some credence. Okay. I like conspiracies. I like kind of where that's headed. And, and when we talked about Stephen Ross making that statement about a month ago, I thought, and I said at the time, I think it was fine for him to make that statement. But what if Harbaugh wanted to pursue the Dolphins? He said, I'm not going to pull Jim Harbaugh out of Michigan. But what if Harbaugh just wanted the opportunity and it wasn't pulling him or extracting him out of Ann Arbor at all? So interested to see kind of why the Vikings play a role in that. But interesting to note as well, you know, the reported nine-hour interview with Giants defensive coordinator Patrick Ram on Tuesday. Yeah, and they were and the Vikings were catching a lot of flack on social media. And not that that's worth anything per se, but from NFL writers. I mean, I know Mike Silver pointed it out. It's like, look, you know, uh, you it's like the the rumor came out, it was like Harbaugh is going to Michigan. And I mean, PFT had written about it. And then an hour later, the Vikings tweet out, we've completed our second interview with Patrick Graham, who is a you know the black defensive coordinator for the for the Giants. And it looked like one of those, like, oh my God, did you really on today of all days just manage to make people think you were hiring Harbaugh and then have this happen? I don't think that played a role in it. And and as it turns out, if he didn't get an offer, I mean, it's probably more like it was just bad info from on three.com or whatever that, that, that screwed the pooch there. So right? why is Kevin O'Connell a more attractive candidate to the Vikings than, than Jim Harbaugh? Well, I, I would say you look at Kevin O'Connell, former Tom Brady backup drafted in the uh, what was it, third round. I believe only through us. He was four of six in his NFL career with the Patriots, 23 yards, one first down, not too bad. Yeah, drafted in the uh, the third round, 94th overall, the 2008 NFL draft, uh, born in Knoxville, went to San Diego State, and eventually would bounce around the league, basically as a journeyman, never got any run as a starting quarterback, but considered a very cerebral, smart guy, uh, goes to, didn't actually cross paths with Sean McVay in Washington but ended up in Washington from 2017 to 2018 where he was the quarterback's coach for one Kirby Cousins. So there's some familiarity there. Uh, after he was in uh, Washington, he then – he was so he, he was in Washington – excuse me, he was in Washington for three years, two as the quarterback's coach, and then in 2019 became the OC in Washington, and then in 2020 was hired as the Rams OC – now, you could make a O'Connell thing. You can make a Jared Goff versus Matthew Stafford thing. But the offense took a huge leap forward this year from the 2020 numbers. And now we'll be, you know, we'll be going to work with Kirk Cousins. Uh, I saw Albert Breer tweet out that he'd heard from people in Washington that they called O'Connell a taller McVay. And taller McVay? How tall? Six five. Yeah. I mean, Sean, I mean, he played quarterback in the NFL. Sean McVay's like shorter than me. Sure. About that. Uh, are you sure about that? Show me face pretty short, man. Let's see. Shorter than 5'7? Five, 5'9, five, asshole. <laughs> um, the, uh, 
They don't, they don't list Sean McVay's height. I did want to note just real quick, kind of scanning the resumes, the, the potential crossover. In 2016, O'Connell was listed as a special projects coach, coordinator, helper, advisor for the 49ers. Yep. Where Adolfo Mensal was as well as the Correct. manager of football research and development. Yeah. So there was, when you look at those two guys, Harbaugh and O'Connell, it was clearly some experience working together in terms of that 2000 in terms of those San Francisco seasons. And I think the, the thing with O'Connell is where, you know, a couple of years ago, there was flack for people. If you say, Oh, you're hiring a friend of Sean McVay. Like the, you know, the Cardinals put like, you know, Cliff Kingsbury is a close friend with Sean McVay in their, in their press release, which is just utterly humiliating. Well, the thing about O'Connell is now he's being hired as a, as McVay's offensive coordinator. When we have, Zach Taylor, a former Sean McVay disciple who was in that, that coaching cycle in 2019, was it? And, uh, yeah. and, and also Sean McVay, who was hired in 2017, both in the Super Bowl playing against each other. Kingsbury went to the playoffs. You know, the Cardinals look good. So I can kind of see how Should this – hot seat. Yeah, like – or you're, you're, a hot, you know, you're a hot item again. No, I was, I was making a Kingsbury joke. But, yeah, I mean, right, this right, time right. last year, Zach Taylor uh, – considered a, a bust in large parts and, you know, could have been fired after a year or two. Breach didn't want to go there, but I think other people were suggesting it. So the official Sean McVay tree at this point is Zach Taylor, Matt LaFleur, Brandon Staley, correct? And now Kevin O'Connell? Is that it? So not one more? It feels like it just how people were, like you said, tangentially attached to him, Kingsbury. Yeah, because I don't think that, Oh, Matt LaFleur. Yeah, I said LaFleur. Oh, you said LaFleur. Sorry, I didn't hear LaFleur. Um, yeah, I think that's it, right? It's, yeah, it's uh, Zach Taylor, LaFleur, Staley, uh, technically Jed Fish, who you could add, but now with Kevin O'Connell. So, I mean, really, it's not like that many people who have been hired. Feels like a lot more. Yeah. It's the way that we talk he, about it, the narrative around the, the McVay tree and the friend of friend of McVay. I mean, the Kingsbury thing was just ridiculous because it was like, he once had coffee with Cliff King or with Sean McVay on a Saturday afternoon in New Orleans. It's like, what? Don't put it in a press release. Yeah, it's, it, it was a bad look. And they got roasted for it, as they should have. Um, but yeah, I mean, O'Connell like fits the mold for young offensive coordinator, bright mind, has worked with the quarterback before, which is going to make life easier in 2022 when you're trying to win now. Um, certainly, there's going to be some talk about another middle-aged white guy being hired. As there should be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's a concern that there's, um, you know, one black head coach in the league and just three you know minority coaches in the league. Um, I, I mean, where, where you look at the Rams staff and, and Raheem Morris just as deserving at, for a, a coaching hire, you know, people thought when he was the intern with the Falcons that he could have spun that into a full-time gig goes to the Rams. They're a better defense than they were in previous years. Obviously, they made a couple of additions, but he's right in that spot. So Raheem Morris getting some looks, but O'Connell, the one that gets hired. Yeah, yeah it is certainly that that comparison, that direct comparison you're making uh, will will come up. I would point out, I mean, you know, I, I would say that, so let's see, who are the guys that we've had hired? I, feel, I just feel like there have been like... Daniel Hackett, Matt Eberfluss. Yeah, yeah. So Ryan Poles and 
uh, Kadifi, the the Vikings GM, both are black GMs, and I, and I'm not I'm not saying that that justifies whatever you know the hirings of five middle aged white guys, but I I do think it is sort of being left out of the conversation when we talk about it that you know there have been several general managers minority general managers hired in the cycle, which is a good thing because those are the people who are in charge of the hiring, you know? No. Yeah. If, if, if they are, are they, you know, in your mind, like the ownership, how much do they kind of come I think, in and, I think and kind of, I think it's hard to say the reports are that Ryan Paul's basically said, I don't care about your other candidates. I'm hiring Matt Eberflus. We don't know about the Minnesota situation just because it just sort of happened like we're not going to get a press conference till after the Super Bowl. No. Um, all right, let's uh, let's take a break. When we come back, a fit. How does it fit with the Vikings, and what does it mean for the Rams? Next, the all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So, Kevin O'Connell leaving. Um, I would think, I think when you look at what the Vikings have on their stat, uh, on their roster, that O'Connell's a pretty good fit given, like, if you, uh, let's assume that he can run a Sean McVay style offense, right? Where it's run heavy, you know, you work a lot of these play action concepts. Kirk Cousins is a great play action passer. Like I think Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins has been in a Sean McVay offense and he, you know, Kyle Shanahan offense, and he's been very good with it. So if the reason think, he got the bag in in Minnesota, right? So if you think that Kevin O'Connell can come in and run this offense that Kirk Cousins will be familiar with, like this is a good hire for Kirk Cousins. I think he, he should yeah. have a he should have a very good season next year. That offensive line should be happy. Dalvin Cook can be a, a monster in this offense and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thie. I mean, I don't think that much changes, you know, Clint Kubiak was the offensive coordinator before and I mean, different schemes, but very play action based, you know, a lot of bootlegs, more motion in this sort of offense, but it would, it would, I think it sets up really well for this Vikings offense. The defense is a whole different story. Right. And, uh, 
when I'm not attached at the hip to Brinson, I produce a podcast called All Things Covered featuring a guy that played for the Vikings this year and Patrick Peterson. And, and for the past month, he's been adamant that he thinks the Vikings were going to go to the offensive side of the ball to hire their next head coach after eight years of Mike Zimmer and Leslie Frazier before that. It just felt inside that building like they it was it was time for them to go to offense because with all those pieces in place and kind of decent to really good individual seasons for Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson established himself as a, a top three receiver. Oh, yeah. Dalvin Cook, when healthy, remains a top three running back in the NFL. Offensive line is is growing. Drafted Christian Darisol in the first round last year. I think Ryan it's a good line. I think it's a, a, a line that could improve. Middle of the pack offensive line with, with, with some pieces there. There's no reason that offense should have been as stagnant as it was at, at times. The defense went through injuries and, and went through issues as well. So not to blame it all on the uh, defense or, or offense. But it's clear that this organization, I think, was positioning themselves to hire an offensive coach to get the most out of your stars and your playmakers. Yeah. And it's. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was. It comes down to. Passionate Vikings fan. Keep going. I I rooted for this team. (laughs) I watched all 17 games. I thought that at, at one, they were a better team than the Eagles. I watched both, both those teams all season long. It's just, there's. They were respectfully the dumbest team in the NFL. Uh, you know, so many one-score games that that went the wrong way. Starting in week one against a team that's in the Super Bowl now, they should have beat the Bengals. Uh, had a chance against the other Super Bowl team, the Rams. Just a very, I don't know, frustrating team. And, and I understand kind of the frustration as a as a Vikings fan base and, and kind of tapping into to that a little bit. But it's Kirk Cousins and his future. You know, you are – Probably guaranteed this season. I don't oh, no, think no, at no. this 100%, point. 100% guaranteed this season now. 100% guaranteed. Um, His case contract what, what, is huge, and they just hired a guy who's worked with him before as their new head coach. It would be shocking if they traded him. So You're right. I did say last year, and I was very wrong, when the Eagles hired Nick Sirianni, coming from Frank Reich, I thought he was being brought in, being under Reich, to work with Carson Wentz. True, true. Two weeks later, they trade him to the team that they brought the coach in from. (laughs) So I don't want to put anything past what the Vikings could do, but it seems like Kirk is in place for next year. But a lot has to happen, and and they have to see a lot from this offense in O'Connell next year for, I think, Kirk to remain beyond that. Drafted Kellen Mond in the third round last year. Mike Zimmer wanted to stay as far away as possible from him um, in the I've la- latter stages in pra- of the I've season. Seen in practice. <laughs> yeah. What did he say? Per- not particularly. <laughs> like, do you want to well, see Kelamond out there next week? Not particularly. Right. Um, yeah. I think that one of the things too is if you're a Vikings, if you're, if you're running the Vikings, right, you're, you're in the front office, you're in ownership and you're having these conversations about what are we going to do about quarterback? Well, you, you, you look at it and you say, okay, we do have a top, uh, an average above average quarterback, right? I mean, Cousins is above average. Top fourteen, top twelve, yeah. top fifteen. Not cracking, not cracking the top ten, but yeah, he's not. He's not the. He's not the median level quarterback, but he's definitely right a little bit above average. And he can put up some big numbers when he's unlo- when he's unleashed in a good offensive system. I I do think Mike Zimmer and the way that they wanted to operate held Kirk Cousins back from putting up stats earlier in games, and that it ended up being just this dysfunctional. Cousins chunks it all around late and they can be explosive, but should have done it earlier in the game type of situation. You also have to look at the quarterback market in the draft class. Now, maybe 
somebody falls in your lap and you can draft them as an insurance plan after 2022 with cousins. Or maybe you say, you know, this isn't the spot for us. We have other needs. We're going to go with Kirk Cousins. We're going to see let the season play out. And then and then you just draft somebody in 2023 and you sort of try to do a hard reboot. And and, and look, we don't know what Aaron Rodgers is doing. If Aaron Rodgers is traded this offseason or retires, the Vikings immediately become the best team in that division by a pretty significant margin, in my opinion. Hmm. I mean, yes, but I, I don't know how significant. I mean, yeah, you're going to a quarterback that's made one career start with Jordan Love, right? Against Kansas well, City. I, I mean, year, I, think, so. I think that if you are, you have to yeah. have a, you have to have a pretty good handle on a projection of either Jordan Love or Justin Fields to be able to. Right. I'm not considering the Bears. Right. Yeah. And then, so, I mean, I, I, that's what I'm saying. If you're looking at, all right, let's say that Rodgers is traded. Let's say Rodgers is traded in Jordan Love starting week one. And so is Justin Fields. Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff. I think the Vikings would be. I got a number minus one sixty-five for the division. Okay. What'd so you have? I, my, mine was minus one fifty. Okay, yeah. I mean, Packer is around me. like plus one thirty, plus one forty. I think the Bears might be higher, but sure, yeah. I mean, one really. Of the, I mean, who knows? Jordan loves a total wild card, man. And there's seventy million dollars over the cap. They might have to. They might be rebooting. Obviously, if Aaron Rodgers is the starting quarterback, this doesn't apply, but. Um, yeah, I think six games better. I, I know Aaron Rodgers MVP back to back MVP, but six games better than anybody else in the division this year. That's crazy. It's crazy. The Vikings should be more stable with a uh, with somebody running it offensively. Like I, I mean, don't you agree that the way that they did it was we're going to play defense and pound Dalvin Cook? And it's like you don't your defense isn't yeah. good. And, and I think that worked for the Vikings for a while. And I think for the most part, people enjoyed Mike Zimmer's tenure. It just got to the point where there wasn't enough playoff success, three playoff appearances in eight years. They had the magical 2017 season that ended uh, at the hands of the Philadelphia Eagles, 38 to seven, but it, it was time to move on and, and kind of get more out of this group. And talking about the draft, they have the 12th pick in the draft, which is right in that range of quarterbacks. Cause we're not going to see a top three, top five quarterback more than likely, but it's right in that range of Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral. And Malik Willis, by the way, lighting up the Senior Bowl, apparently, so far. Be curious to see what that does with his draft stock. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't think it's insane to suggest that Sam Howell would be the type of quarterback that would be a good fit in a... Got to call Wilson in. I know. He hates Sam Howell. I know. I'm just saying, I don't think it would be weird if Sam Howell fit that sort of... Like, you could see him being in a Kirk Cousins-style system where, because he's very athletic... Very good with his legs. Uh, the problem for Sam Howell is he's gonna he's gonna get crushed if he tries to run like he did at, at Chapel Hill. I mean, he ran like he was Josh Allen, and he's he's like me. He's um, Baker. He's Baker. Yeah, that's right. He's running. Like he's, Baker. He's Baker running like Josh Allen in college. Just this ain't gonna work. But with that 12th pick, knowing that there's some holes to fill, and and you want to give maybe Kirk Cousins the best chance to succeed and prove that he can be around beyond 2022 are you spending that on defense or another back-to-back offensive line first round picks are you really you know probably, taking that stab defense at with what the vikings have but i think it a lot depends on it's, it's hard to say i would get i would guess defense i think it, i think we have to look and see how the board kind of falls yeah i just can't i can't see a quarterback this unless they're really sold on someone especially you know they spent 66 overall on mond last year it's I don't see it. I don't think you take a quarterback at 12. 
I think you wait and see what goes on with the offseason and then make a decision. Uh, yeah, so Harbaugh out. That's very disappointing. I was very, very You wanted him back in the league, right? Oh, yeah. I wanted him in a purple pullover, and he would alternate between the purple and then, like, the black with the Viking on it. You know, you know the two purple teams in the NFL could have had Harbaugh brothers representing them. Oh, that would have been fun. John Harbaugh doesn't wear much purple. So maybe Jim would have just gone black. Yeah. Yeah, he would have not gone purple. He would have gone black with the the, the Zimmer because Zimmer always wore the black pullover with the Vikings logo on it. He But he would have had the khakis and the, the whistle and the, oh, God, I, man, I loved Harbaugh. I didn't know you paid this a close attention to the swag of the coaches. Oh, Harbaugh? Dude. I mean, I, I yeah, that's having it. The khakis and the, the black and the whistle. Yeah, I, I, I paid attention to what coaches wear. But I mean, like Harbaugh, Harbaugh was... So, I mean, I started at CBS in 2010, and Harbaugh's first year was, was it, was it 2011? It might have been 2011. 2011. Yeah. I mean, that was like, like, I remember, I, I remember where I was when I was blogging about uh, Jim Schwartz and Jim Harbaugh getting into it at midfield at four, at, at the, at the 50 yard line at Ford Field in a post game handshake situation. And you're just like, yes, give it to me. Shoot it in my veins. That's what I wanted from Jim Harbaugh back in the league, but it was not. And now, you know, seems pretty committed. And I think told, you know, the higher ups at Michigan that this isn't going to be a yearly occurrence after kind of he, he dipped his toes in the water this year. 58 years old, I believe. I don't I don't know if we get Harbaugh back in the NFL. This is the longest he's ever coached anywhere in his life. He can't be there forever. You don't buy it? No, I don't buy it. At some point, he comes out. Everybody was convinced he beat Ohio State one time. That's all he needed to leave Michigan. But well, I mean, the, the I don't idea, know. it's all about the offer, too. Like you said, the offer wasn't there. Well, the, but the idea for Harbaugh, but again, it could have been the Dolphins and then yeah. the, the Brian Flores thing, you know, screwed it up. The idea with Harbaugh, I thought, was okay, this guy's, you know, he was on the hot seat a year ago in Michigan. Comes through, beats Ohio State, gets in the college football playoff. He if he left, no Michigan fan would be angry at him. They'd be they'd be upset. They'd be sad he left, but they wouldn't be angry at him. And he could, you know, everyone would say he left the program in a better place. Jim did the right, you know, came in and built it back up and built the turn it into a one of the blue chip programs again, blah, 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 blah. And he could get and he so he could sort of it was sort of like Urban Meyer taking the Notre Dame job. If he took if he from Jacksonville, you would have been like, well, you're a coward, but I do understand why you're leaving. I get it. Yeah. I get it. And something, something. Yeah. Go ahead. You're like, all right, look, you know, you got an opportunity to go back to the NFL. It's where you want to win a Super Bowl. You think you can. You left Michigan in a better place, blah, 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 blah. I would have been fine with it. But yeah, something that uh, Pat and BMAC brought up on All Things Covered, go download, subscribe right now, was just you know, the fit for the organization. And it he feels, you know, he feels like he could have been a fit with the Bears. They had their opening. But born in Ohio, went to school in Michigan, spent a lot of his life so, and, so, and childhood in Michigan. So Pat P and BMAC are talking about this coaching situation in Minnesota. Yeah, they were talking about it on Tuesday's episode. Um, check it out. YouTube.com slash, slash all things covered. Um, you know, Pat was... Very keen on on Todd Bowles, his former defensive coordinator in I'll Arizona, thinks he really deserves a second chance after the Jets. That's e- yeah. easy enough to say. He, he, had the, he, did, he had nine games with the Jets one year, and right. and Mike McCagney was a terrible GM. Bowles, I was looking at that last night. It's because I or maybe it's today. I was just looking up sort of like the 
the pattern of each of these coaching uh, seasons, like, you know, what, like, like legitimately, like, cause it, like what mi minorities are hired because at one point, just, you know, three or four years ago, we were at eight, eight, I think it was topped out at eight, two years in a row, minority coaches in the NFL, which is, I mean, but, like it hadn't been down to one since 1990 or something like that. No, I mean, maybe black coaches, whatever it was. But the point being is I, I'd forgotten that Bowles was hired in like 2011, which is wild. It's a long time ago. Yeah. And he got four or five years, maybe with the Jets, maybe four years of the Jets. And they liked him and he had, he looks like he was winning, but McCagnan just screwed up the draft too much. Right. And I mean, to go back, that's an issue with, with black coaches getting second chances and, and having yeah. shorter leashes than other coaches. And we're coming up um, on the 15 year anniversary of the first time a black coach coached in the Super Bowl, February 4th, Doug 2007, right. with coach. Yes. coach. Yeah, Doug Williams, first quarterback, Lovey Smith, first Tony Dungy. It just happened that two of them were Is that really in the first time Super Bowl 41. Um, that year in 2006, there were seven black head coaches in the NFL. And right now we're positioned with one. We had, you want to you play a little trivia? Dungy. Sure. Dungy, Smith. Right, hold on. I think I got these in my head. Um, 2006. Oh, uh, two of them were fired after the season. Okay. Um, 2006. I mean, I'd have to walk through. Was it Art right. Shell was one? Art Shell was one. Okay, I'm, I'm walking through the the different divisions. Um, oh, Herm Edwards probably won. Edwards. Okay, that's four. It's pretty I'm surprised I got two that quickly. Three away. Uh, it's just three more. I keep coming back to Jim Caldwell, and he wasn't because he was with Teddy Dungy. Um, is this terrible? Uh, is this podcasting? podcasting? I'm gonna I'm gonna guide you along. Uh, coached the team in the Super Bowl for a very long time. Oh, Marvin Lewis. Jeez, Louise, what a whiff. Marvin Lewis. Uh, so that's Romeo five. Romeo, oh, Romeo Cornell. Uh, is that? Oh, there's one more. There's oh, Mike one Tomlin. more. No, Mike Tomlin was hired a week before the Super Bowl, so I'm talking 2006 season. Uh, Tomlin's first was 2007. Okay. Um, so Ravens not one. Bengals, Browns. We got Cornell and. So what about the uh, NFC West? Oh, Mike Singletary. No. Oh. I got the Denny Green, what? the Vikings tie, but he was coaching the Cardinals at the time. Dennis Green. Oh, Denny Green. Okay. All right. All right. I so wonder. just to go back to it, it kind of shows the the steps backward since 2006, 2007, seven blackhead coaches, and, and now down to one as we kind of come full circle within this conversation. Yep. All right. That. What about the Rams? What about the Rams? I mean, and, oh, yeah. and so how they move on. I, I was Hakeem Dermish asked on CBS Sports HQ when I was on there about if this if if this if I thought this negatively impacted the Rams and I I do agree that I don't like as someone who's picking the Rams I don't like it I'd prefer it not to be a, like I'd prefer it not to be a thing but I'll say this if I for my for the purpose of my financial benefit with the Rams I would rather it be Kevin O'Connell getting the job than Raheem Morris. Because I think Sean McVay has such a hand on the offense that it benefits the that like like it, like having your offensive coordinator take that job 
is not as big a problem as it would be if your defensive coordinator took that job and suddenly you weren't, you know, you don't know what is it. Like you can't pick up the slack for any sort of distraction from, and it's a natural distraction. You know, if, if I was doing this podcast every day and somebody was like, and, and CBS was like, you're launching a, a golf podcast too. It starts in two weeks. Like I'd be, I'd be doing work. You know, I mean, just anytime you're doing some other kind of job, it takes away from your first job. Like you're not. Can you? I, I buy that completely. Are there examples that come to mind of of coaches that have kind of taken the job before they're eliminated from the playoffs, where we've seen negative results? Kyle Shanahan. I mean, they had a great game plan early, and then. <laughs> It's a great freaking example. Yeah. Um, the other one for. would be. I feel like maybe in. Josh McDaniels did it with the, when he took the Colts job, but was that the, was that after the Eagle? Oh, I got one for you. You got one. Oh yeah. I got a good one for you. Matt Patricia. Didn't he take the Lions job after he gave up a billion points to Nick Foles and the Eagles in the Super Bowl? Oh, that's right. Yeah. They had a a good defense all year long. Shout out Detroit. Shout out Detroit for hook. I mean, I mean, they got absolutely carved by, isn't that right? Shout out Stoney for making that hire. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good good shout by you. Yeah. So he was the, yeah. 2017. Let me see what the two, what were the, let's see. 2017 Patriots. What are the Patriots ranked? If it, I mean, I feel like they were better offensively than defensively in 2017. Yeah, and to be no, I mean, they were fifty points allowed, and Nick Foles lit him up after Matt Patricia was hired by the Detroit Lions. Do you? No one was. Do you think Matt no Patricia one. was distracted? Good point. Um, did Josh McDaniels leave after? Didn't he leave after 2018? No, that was because that was. The Colts hired Frank Reich instead, which was right after the Eagles Super Bowl. So that was oh, 2017 right. as well. Okay. And so you can't really pin that on McDaniels. I mean, they scored 33. Brady threw like 500 yards. Yeah. 33. Yep. Yeah. Can't, yeah. It's hard to pin that on him. But the Patricia thing definitely makes sense. And you could, I don't think Kyle Shanahan was necessarily distracted by the, but I mean, he lost his playbook at the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's, I mean, he's clearly distracted by something. It's a uh, great case. Uh, so how long until the Rams' next offensive coordinator? We're doing an emergency pod about him being hired as, as a head coach somewhere <laughs> this, th- this time next year. Yeah, this time next year probably happens. We'll see who hires. Uh, sorry, so what do we have? Let's do a quick reset on the coaching hires. We have five middle-aged white guys who have been hired by uh, by various NFL teams. Brian Dayball hired by the Giants. Let's see if I can do this off the top of my head. Matt Eberflus hired by the Bears. Um, Josh McDaniels hired by the Raiders. I mean, obviously, uh, Kevin O'Connell hired by the Vikings. And and the, the one that kicked us off, the first hire of the cycle was? I'm already forgetting it. Nathaniel Hackett. Oh, Broncos. Nathaniel Hackett with the Broncos, yeah. yeah. I, I would say all kind of intriguing, but I don't want to say underwhelming. Um, like, just, I mean, nothing like, I think it's- Not it's, Harbaugh. What's that? The, the best the best name so far has has definitely been McDaniels just because of yeah. his history in the league and taking the job one time and not taking it and, and connection to the Patriots and I mean I think all I think it's just it's hard to know 
which one, which of these guys will be good. But I don't have like a, I don't have, I don't, I would say they're all like, like seeing eye singles or like, you know, B's or, you know, C plus B minus hires. Like, I just don't, you, there's no way you'd be like, that's a freaking a plus or that's an F, you know, like, I don't think anybody skews one way or the other. I know you're big on uh kind of just checking in on, on the press conferences, introductory press conferences. Would you say probably Dayball the most impressive? Yeah, yeah, I like I like Dave Ball. He gives he gives me. A he was messing with the media. Good like, yeah, you're late. You're late. <laughs> and everybody, was, everybody got mad on Twitter, which was hilarious. Uh, not uh, going to work real great when the Giants are three and twelve and, and heading into Week 16. But right, works for you now. That's right. All right, Brian, go get him, Dave Ball. That's the uh, that's the Kevin O'Connell is sort of was is not officially hired, but is technically going to be the guy in Minnesota emergency podcast. The Vikings, know? the playoff team next year. If if Aaron Rodgers is gone, yes. If he's there, is are they a playoff team? Maybe. I would guess their playoff odds will be like yes plus one fifteen, no minus one twenty, just because we we think that the well. Well, I'm Brady gone. Yeah. Sean Payton's gone. So one team out of there. You were fighting. Least, you know, the Saints were in the mix this year. Yep. At least two teams out of the NFC West. Yeah, maybe the Vikings are favored to make the playoffs. Because you don't, I mean. It's not at like this the, point, you're not you're not counting on two teams out of the NFC South. We've talked the, about that division winner might be saying. eight and nine. Or, or the NFC East, really. You yeah. can get two for sure, but like it's not guaranteed. The NFC is weak. Take a job anywhere other than the NFC West right now. That's the place to do it, man. Yeah, All right. The depth is, is not there. All right. That's it for the uh, Kevin O'Connell Emergency Podcast. Diva, as always, buddy, a pleasure. We will, uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you guys. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow and uh, more in the future. See ya. Very exciting podcast coming tomorrow. Oh. One of the most excited we've been in, in a long time, right? The Jim, Jim, Jim Breach. And, and a Hall of Famer. Guest. A Hall of Famer. A Hall of Famer. One of the best to ever do it at his position. That's right. Very excited for it. We will uh, see you guys on Thursday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.